I need to know everything. Who in the what and the where? I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George. I hop in the Porsche, with five and a horse. I'm ready for war. I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost. I need to know everything. Now you'll be surprised at the info you get is by letting me talk. Hey everyone, I'm Ashley Asty, and I'm curious, aren't you? I'm Curious Podcast brings the unfamiliar closer. I'm telling stories and sharing conversations with people who remind us that love demands we move toward justice and that we're all connected. This opening music is called Curious George by Nate Rose. All right, let's get to it. I'm ready for smoke. I need to know everything. Who in the what and the where I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George. I hop in the Porsche with five and a horse. I'm ready for war. I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost. I need to know everything. Now, they ain't go harder than me. After we finished recording this episode, I told Nikita that it was a real treat for me to get to talk to him. And I mean it. He is an 18-year-old kid, young man, who is in his first few months of college at Binghamton University in New York. And he took the time uh, early on a Friday morning to talk with me about something that requires vulnerability and courage, which is that his dad has been incarcerated since he was in sixth grade. And so he's had a loving relationship with his dad. His dad is present and and a guiding force, but his dad is actually incarcerated in another country. And so their relationship since he was about 12 years old has taken place over the phone. And so in this episode, we explored the loneliness of being a kid and and feeling like your experience with your dad is different than a lot of your peers and the things that he missed or the advice he wished he would have gotten if his dad had been there with him in person. But again, we also talk about the memories and the love that continues and the way that his mom helped him navigate this experience. I was able to connect with Nikita thanks to the kindness and patience of Brenda Perez from the Osborne Association, who helped arrange so much of this. The Osborne Association is based in New York, and they're on a mission to serve individuals, families, and communities affected by the criminal justice system. And they provide opportunities and programming to help people heal from and repair harm, to restore their lives, to thrive. They challenge systems rooted in racism, and they fight for policies that promote true safety, justice, and liberation. And what's particularly special and and connects back to Nikita is that they have a youth action council that provides support and opportunities. And it just, based on the way Nikita talks about it, it sounds like nourishment and civic engagement and advocacy training for young people ages 15 to 18 who have currently or recently incarcerated parents. And Nikita has been able to be part of the youth action council for the past three years. So what I I hope you take away from this episode is Nikita's spirit. There's a youthful brightness about him that's undergirded by these wonderful and sometimes surprising moments of wisdom and reflection. And my last shout out before we dive into the episode, it goes to Diana Archer, who's the program coordinator of Osborne's Children, Youth, and Family Services. We recorded this episode over Zoom, and Diana was just so sweet. She was there in the background rooting for Nikita, and she helped him prepare. 
And you'll notice throughout the episode, Nikita mentions her several times in her radiant spirit and her joy, and so I'm, I'm truly grateful for her. Let's get to it. All right, are you ready? Should we jump in? Let's go. Let's I'm do ready. it. All right, perfect. So Nikita, like I was saying to you before, I am so grateful that you're joining me this morning. I think it takes a lot of vulnerability and courage to share. And now you're like, you know, big man on campus, you're a college student, it's early on a Friday morning. So the fact that you're here with me is something I really appreciate. I'm grateful to have this opportunity. This is like, not every day you get to be on a podcast. This is amazing. You're, you're like a little celebrity now is what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> so before we sort of dive into your story with your dad, I want to start at your beginnings. So can you tell me a little bit about where you grew up and what you were like as a little kid? So I, I would say for the first around six months of my, my, my life, I, was, <laughs> I grew up in Russia. It was uh, my grandma. She had a, a dacha there, which is kind of like a summer house. So there was like vegetables. It was always some vegetables, great vegetables, the carrots, the strawberries, you know, the cucumbers. And the cucumbers are very different. They have, like, they have like these little bumps and they're super crunchy. It's not like the ones mm. in Food Town. So it was, it's the real deal. <laughs> Other than that, I also grew up in mostly in Brooklyn, where Italian areas where the pizza was just phenomenal. Like the <laughs> pizza, now that I'm in Binghamton, it's like a joke. You could tell who's from where. Because usually the people that eat the pizza in Binghamton are usually from Long Island. I don't know. Pizza <laughs> They're used to this kind it's of not Brooklyn pizza. Not Brooklyn pizza. That's, you don't see any Brooklyn people eating that pizza. It's it's because the pizza in, it's Italian. It's authentic. Mm. And then the cupcakes. It's a little place. It's a place called Little Cupcake. They're pretty famous actually, but it's an amazing place. One, if I could give you guys a recommendation, I would say try the banana Nutella cake. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. <laughs> and so I guess and perhaps food is part of it do you have favorite memories of your dad like when you were a child moments that you shared with him yeah I, I remember my dad he loves cooking so I remember dad, I, I always remember like I have these little flashbacks of him always like making like his favorite dish was a salmon teriyaki but he also from what my parents would tell me from what I remember he was always cooking a mean turkey. So Thanksgiving mm. around and you knew like he wasn't going to be left hungry. <laughs> so it was great to have that turkey. And I don't, I don't know how he did it, but I miss it. Like it was so juicy. It was just different. I also mm. miss, he's a big soccer guy too. So okay. he basically for half of my life, I played soccer and he was always like goalie. We always went out to like the pier. So that was always amazing. Even just at like Prospect Park, just on the concrete. He, for some reason, he always got injured, which kind of sucks, but, <laughs> but it, it made funny. I don't know why his, his reactions is, it, I don't think this is okay. Bad. I mean, it's kind of bad to say, but like his, it was, it was like really funny. Uh, the, the, his, the way he, he reacted, but I feel bad. I don't know, for some reason, his ankles were like, mm. we got to wrap them up. But thankfully now, He's, I think he's less side. Now he just watches soccer because hmm. you don't want him getting injured. And I'm, I'm glad that you had that time shared together and some of those memories with your dad. Um, when did you start realizing that something was different about your family? When your dad goes to prison, how did you start realizing that like his role in your family maybe was different than some of the other kids around you? I would say I realized eighth grade. 
because even mm-hmm. when it first happened and how old were you when he first went to prison it was in the sixth grade so i was okay. saying maybe 12 13 so i didn't really want to accept it at the at, at the time i was kind of hoping like because you know graduation sounds like a big thing especially eighth grade because that was like one of my biggest ones that i was like i was kind of looking forward to and i always had this like in the back of my mind okay they're gonna like let him out to come to my graduation on eighth like it was very exciting so kind of throughout my like time in middle school i was always looking forward to that graduation because i felt like he would he would be there mm. but so i think after that like graduation it was so amazing because all my family came out but i still got to talk to my dad the same day so it's still like not it's not like he wasn't there at all but when i realized he wasn't there like that's when i started to realize like things are going to be a little different Mm. Yeah, and, and as much as I'm sure you had to speak to him and his heart was there, still a piece of your heart is sort of missing because he's not able to attend it in person. There's something about that energy of being with the people you love, feeling them next to you and feeling them rooting for you. Mm. I guess when you're in like sixth grade and you're still, you know, you're 12, you're still young. Did your mom or someone explain to you where your dad was going or what was happening? Like, what was your understanding as a you know twelve year old kid about what was happening with your dad? I'm really grateful the way my mom kind of played out the whole situation because I'll say many parents, I think, well, maybe not many parents, but I was lucky because my mom, I get, she understood the value of I get a father, a father role, so she really wanted to keep that connection between my, me and my dad solid and like strong so I'm really happy that the way she painted my dad in a, in a really like in a great light because I think anyways I was too young so I don't think it's first of all I don't think it's like any like my business I was only 12, 12 years old I wouldn't really understand I can't process this, these kind of like right. big moments in my life I feel like it would be very biased especially if a 12 year old who hasn't experienced much to know the, the real truth so I think what my mom did was actually, I think, perfect. Because I think if she didn't, if she would have done it any other way, I think that kind of, that could have possibly ruined the relationship. But at least I grew up knowing that or believing that my dad was was a was a great was a great guy, and I'm happy that's the way she kind of put it. Because now we're we have this great connection, even though it's not the same over the phone, but it's. Definitely, I think a good feeling to know that, like, just, I think, to be connected with your parents. Mm. And I'm really glad that you said, like, you see him in this positive light as your father filling this role, because unfortunately, I think outside the media or other people can make it sound like people who are incarcerated are are monsters, and I'm putting up, like, air quotes, but he's your dad, he's a human being, he's a a good person, you know, he is who he is to you, and I think that's really important that you have that connection, and you mentioned talking on the phone, so I, your dad is incarcerated in another country, is that true? Yes. Right, so, like, visiting would be something that's very hard, so your relationship was maintained over the phone? Yeah. Okay, and did you know as you start realizing this in eighth grade and beyond, did you know other kids in your class and your school who also had parents who were incarcerated or did you feel alone in that? I think I felt kind of alone in this area. I think, well, first of all, like really kids don't go around saying like my dad's incarcerated and like putting throwing it out there. But I feel like for the most part, it was definitely 
at the same time, I couldn't, I would, because of how I thought my dad was going to come back in eighth grade, I also felt like I wasn't alone because he was going to eventually going to come back anyway. So I knew, well, at least I thought that he would be coming back. So therefore, I kind of was, at first, I didn't think much of it. But again, after eighth grade, that's when I started to realize, like, things are going to be a little different. So. Mm. Yeah, and that's sort of a threshold moment when you graduate at that point and you start stepping into maturity more and start understanding a little bit of the world around you. Um, last time you and I had spoken off the air, <laughs> off the record, you had said to me that you asked yourself sometimes, why me? So when you would say, why me? What was going through your head? I come. I started to realize like we, for some reason, I think we, at least uh, maybe me, I don't know if people can relate to this or not, but I think we sometimes enjoy like self-pity for ourselves. Mm. We get in this me like mental state where we're kind of like, we think like we're special, we're different. But at that moment, when you're like having this kind of self-pity, like why me, you know, this should have never happened to me. I'm always doing this, I'm doing this. And then it kind of just brings on like a negative, like emotional state. Mm -hmm. And I even realized this yesterday, I was starting to pick up, like I'm thinking back to these memories and they're only causing pain. They're not really, they're not bringing any positive light into my, into my life. And I realized, like, do I really want to sit here for the next hour and think about this negative, negative, like this negative, negative emotions? Or I could choose to think of some good, good moments I had all like many good moments I had throughout mm -hmm. my life. And I could choose to instead of change like my trajectory and really shift my energy to, to something more positive, happy, uplifting, rather than being in that kind of like, why me? And stuck on that question because it's a question that you can't really answer it it's mm. i think it all comes down to it's just a part of of being we all run into our into obstacles and that's kind of i guess the it's a gift but a curse because we were given this amazing like opportunity to live and like experience but at the same time not everything's going to go your way you kind of have to mm. learn how to adapt and react in a manner in a mannerable way i'll say Mm, that was that was incredibly wise, everything that you shared right there. I'm over a decade older than you are, and I feel like that's something I'm starting to step in and realize now that the world is not as black and white as I thought it is, that there's a lot of gray, that everyone's walking through their own pain. And you at you know 18 years old or even younger are recognizing that, um, of course, there's a place to feel sadness. There's a place to feel isolation. There's a place to feel that pain. Um, and yet we're also not alone when we walk this journey, that there are other people uh, going through that. And it's sometimes in knowing that other people are walking through challenges too, that we feel um, lifted as, as much as, you know, it might be hard to walk through. And that, I guess that brings me to the Osborne Association uh, and the Youth Action Council. So can you tell me how you first discovered them? This is actually very, very interesting how it happened. So I was basically going to like this. It was it was a a fair for like the youth. It was a fair for the youth. So there's like many many organizations there. Like I think over like maybe a hundred. But the issue was I came late. So I came like ten minutes before closing. So most of the organizations are already like packing up and leaving. No one's really like kind of communicating. It's more everyone's trying to get like get ready to go home. I get to the third floor and. I'm with my aunt that day. It was, yeah, it was me and my aunt. And we see this one stand and it was Diana. Mm -hmm. And all I see, like, Diana's, like, always super high energy. 
like, hey, what's going on? And I was already picking up like amazing vibes because like, I think the way like you kind of, mm, I think project yourself really starts to affect the other people too. Yeah. So if you're kind of going, hey, how's it going? It kind of, you feel that and it doesn't like feel like, like too welcoming maybe or like, but compared to like how Diana, she's always talking in this like great positive, like positive tone. And it's, it's, so I was like very intrigued to see like what was going on. And I realized that this was just a program for me because it was a program where I think with like kids with incarcerated family members could really go out and I guess find their own community family, but also be able to speak out on, on issues going on within the world. Mm. So I think I'm very, I think it was some kind of God sending. I don't know. Cause yeah. I was literally like, it was five minutes before closing and I just met Diana somehow. Mm. So I'm like, just curious. What if I would have came like five minutes late? Mm. What I would, would I be here today? Like in Binghamton with Diana, with this organization in this podcast. So it's mm. all kind of crazy how it came down. I think, and I'm I'm going to give away a little secret. So Diana, who's with the Osborne Association, is on this call, but she's muted herself and hidden her video. She's just here for like loving support. Um, but just sort of a shout out to Diana that she made that extra effort with 10 minutes to go to reach out to you and make you feel welcome and, and how it's impacted your life is amazing. And I, I do have to say also in support right now, she's changed, we're on Zoom recording this, she's changed her name rather than just her name being Diana. She listed it as you got this. So anytime we look at her screen, <laughs> she's cheering you on. So um, a beautiful human being that she is. I just had to add that in. Uh, Nikita, you sort of answered this a little bit in, in that last response, but what is the Youth Action Council? What are they designed to do? What do you guys do? Yeah, so basically this is, this is a place where, where it's mostly teens who have had some kind of a family member who was impacted, yeah, who was impacted with incarceration. And what's so cool is that, you know, like I mentioned before, in middle school growing up, I didn't know that like there's other people mm -hmm. going through the same issue. So I never really it's not really like, like I said, an issue you kind of go out like talking about. And when I first found this program, it's like, I realized that there's people like, just like me who are going through the same issue. And we're kind of, we're also different, but we're all like so similar. And it's, and it was great really going there because it's like a weekly meetup where there's a great counselor. She's also like, she also reminds me very much of Diana because she was also very high energy, mm -hmm. but she was on her stuff. Like if, you don't mess with her. <laughs> and it was par parlay. She was a really cool counselor. And we, we had this meet, weekly meetup where we would gather, eat some great food. And then we kind of go over like, we kind of go over basically these, we kind of build our self-confidence and we become more comfortable with the topic and being able to talk about it and shed light on, on certain issues, which we believe are within the, within the system. I think that's so important that you said that it created this safe space for you to get real and talk about something that's often stigmatized on the outside. Like you don't run around and be like, oh, hey, my dad's incarcerated. That's normally not something that you do. And that you were able to almost bring uh, other people together. Like, like you said, you perhaps you feel alone in your pain or alone in this world until you realize oh, other people are walking this journey too. And we can talk about this together. What's something that over the years you've been part of the Youth Action Council you've advocated for that's been meaningful to you? Two of the biggest 
uh, bills we recently passed was the proximity bill and the in-person visits. And what's so cool is because I think the proximity bill is a very important bill as basically these families have, if you want to go visit your incarcerated, some families are located like throughout the other side of like the country or the state. Mm-hmm. And that just really like, it really creates like, I guess this barrier to really get the bus ticket, really find the time like to kind of go out and sometimes like also the, the system doesn't make it easy. But like if your family members all the way in, in a different state, that's like a whole a trip you have to set up and that's additional money, go out there, rent a place. And with this proximity bill, now all the families are getting as like really close to family. So it's not like they have to like plan this months in advance. They could mm-hmm. kind of, you know, if they're feeling it right now, they could go and say like visit their their family members and really get that get a chance to I guess like see them whenever they they whenever they please. Yeah. So the proximity bill would allow people who are incarcerated to not be moved too far away from their families, right? Yeah. And that's uh obviously important because like you said, even we're just like even if it's not the other side of the country, New York is a big state, right? It could take I'm on Long Island, it could take me, you know, 10 hours to get to another place in the state. And if your loved one is incarcerated six, seven, 10 hours away, uh, the time that it takes to go visit them or the cost, or you have to take time off from work. And so especially as you, someone who's a a child with a parent, you know how hard it is to be separated by distance and not be able to visit them and how important that relationship is. I mean, I know your situation is a little bit different with your dad being another country, but you understand the value of being close. And so I love that you've advocated for that, even though it doesn't Um, It can't move the needle for you personally, but that you know it matters for other kids. So I guess on that, that idea that moving, like moving, making change happen by advocating, by using your voice, how does that feel? Like the power of being able to say what matters to you and have other people listen or or help create change? I think it's very like powerful, especially since we, it's not like we're just, it's just us kids going out there it's it's also we have an organization behind this which I think really separates us as now we have what I'm trying to say is I think we're I'm personally very grateful to be in this program because I have I have a whole team I have a whole foundation behind me Mm. that is really kind of helping me get the helping me kind of like shed lights on these different areas on these little like flaws and I think it's really great that I that Osborne is is like putting so much because they put a lot of effort into this it's not like that we just go there and eat like this is hours of like i, I don't know i explain i always see diana she's always doing everything she can to do like to help us yeah and even this like this podcast wouldn't be possible without with diana mm. so without osborne associate osborne itself yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm so grateful that they've connected us. And I think you've spoken to something also beautiful that not only are you using your voice and so other people can listen to your experience and learn from it, but you through this experience with Osborne have been listening and learning from people like Diana and from the whole organization and this big collaborative effort, which I think is an, again, an amazing lesson to learn at 16, 17, 18, that change creates, like is ha- <laughs> change happens in community that when we come to together. That's when our resilience builds. That's when we learn from each other. So I love that you see that and feel that and are getting that lesson already. Um, 
I want to talk a little bit again about your dad and maybe some things that you you missed as you were growing up that you'd like, oh, I wish my dad was able to share. And maybe not just the big moments of graduation, but those little moments. Were there little moments that you missed having him there? I think one of the biggest factors was what is it to be to be a man? Mm. And like kind of, I guess, like maybe like the morals behind it, like really understanding like what's right from wrong, how to portray yourself, how to stand out. Like, I think like with, with my dad being like gone during those moments, it kind of, I, I think it would have been nice to definitely have him around. Just maybe you like, just have like some, I guess some son to dad talks, but, mm-hmm. but I kind of, I'm kind of starting, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely starting to learn on my own, like what, how to like, I guess, navigate through the world, but so, yeah, that's kind of. Yeah, no, that's a, the great, a great answer, like growing, growing into a man. I'm, I'm curious now when you talk to your dad on the phone, how does he respond to your life now that you, you're off to college for the first time, living on your own? Uh, what does he think about what you're doing in the world? No, my dad is very, he's always, he's, if he could, he would call me five times a day. I'm like, <laughs> he always wants to talk. I got my dad. College, <laughs> nice. But it's great because I see, I really see that he. It's not like he's just kind of, hey, how's it going? He really like he really cares and he wishes that he he could be here, but sadly due to due to certain circumstances, that's kind of not in the playing field right now. But I see that he really. He wishes he could be here, and I think that's, that by itself just shows like that we all make mistakes, and he's doing his best to kind of to do what he can to, I guess, redeem what happened. But I'm really grateful for my dad and my mom, you know, my my whole family. But I, I'm happy that he's that he's always trying to be active throughout my life. Mm. Now this is perhaps a, a deeper question, but you said we all make mistakes. Has your journey with your dad and your dad's journey taught you more about that, about um, what it means to make mistakes or to pick yourself back up or take accountability? I'm really, yeah, I'm realizing I've, I've made a lot of mistakes, I think, but that's the only way to grow. But also we have to not only realize we made a mistake, we have to also start taking accountability, accountability and that is something I really want to work on, really taking action rather than kind of talking everything from like my word. I want to, I want to grow up to someone that like people can trust on. And like, that's something I want to start working on, even just with myself. Like if I tell myself I'm going to go and read a book, I want to be able to show that I have that, that driving me where I'm not going to like take any, like, I'm not going to be, no, let me go actually use my phone. I want to get to the point where if I say I'm going to do something, I get it done. And that's something I'm slowly trying to work on every day. So it's been, it's been, it's been interesting. Mm. I guess another question that's coming up for me as we're talking. uh, So now as you get older, was there a point as you started understanding the circumstances more where you indulged in anger, whether it's at the situation or even at your dad of like that, this has been your, like your relationship with him has been so different than perhaps maybe you would have wanted it to be um was there did you ever have this point of anger you kind of just don't 
don't go there and like you said, choose something different. I think, I just, I think before I came to Binghamton, even my first month or so, I did have that feeling that kind of like, not that I hated him, more so upset. Right. It's not, um, the, I mean, the past, is, the past is the past. You could, you could always be upset about the past, but you always have to confront the issue and I think move on mm. because me just, if I continue to re- relive this moment of mm-hmm. what if, what if, what if, why not this, why not that, what could have been, it's a, it's an endless loop. You could, you could go on this for, until, until you, yeah. you die, but. So I think it just accepting, accepting reality and I guess just pushing like every day you just always have to, I guess, I guess push through, but mm. yeah, yeah, it's, you just kind of have to, I think it's more so just accepting reality, taking accountability and learning to move, move forward. I think that's, that's also very wise, uh, what you shared there. And a reminder that part of being human is you can still love your dad and also have feelings of like, oh, this hurts today, or I wish it were different today. Um, while also, like you said, embracing your life and continuing to live and do, because that's what you're here on this earth for. Uh, as we near, near the end of, of my questions here, I do want to know the Youth Action Council, and you sort of spoke about it a little bit, but how it, has it changed your life or impacted the, the man that you are today? I think like, I'm, like I mentioned earlier, I, I'm, I got to, a chance to meet to basically it was kind of like a, almost like a public speaking. Uh, basically we had this advantage, like more so where we get, we build up the confidence to really guide lessons and, uh, and share, like basically it's like, it was, it was kind of a program on transforming power mm. and taking kind of like a negative situation and transforming into like a positive light. It was so cool. Cause at first when I met these people, I'm like, I don't know if we're really going to connect because the first day everyone's really hesitant. Like, yeah. Everyone's kind of like, doesn't know who, who is who, what is what. And it was so cool because by the end of it, we only spent the weekend together. So it's three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And by Sunday, like everyone's like laughing, smiling, like so expressive, so open. And I think even that was like so cool to see because mm-hmm. when, when you first meet people, especially depending on where, like where you grew up, how you grew up, really most people have like this defensive, defensive shield over them, this kind of fake persona as like, they have to be a super tough guy, and even I'm like guilty of it because <laughs> you never you you never want like someone to take advantage of you. And it was so cool to see how that transformation happened. How we first were kind of all like like serious James Bond walking <laughs> around, and then at the end of it, we're all like dancing, laughing, eating together. So that was that was great. Mm, I, yeah, it's like the, the world's opening power of connection. It's why I love getting to talk with you today or when I have other people on this podcast. Every time I finish a conversation like this, I feel lifted up regardless of what we were talking about because there's something incredibly powerful and enlivening about connecting with another human being and being honest and vulnerable and laughing and just getting real together. Um, so yeah, I, I feel that. I feel that for sure. Um, okay, so tell me, all right, I want to talk briefly about college. 
So it's been a couple months. It's your first year. Uh, anything surprising? Anything? I don't know. You know what you can tell. Any parties you've gone to? <laughs> I don't know what we can talk about on the record, but tell me about it. College has been very different so far. Okay. Very different. It's it's like I'm sometimes I'm sleeping. I wake. I like I'm in my room, and I'm just I get up and I realize. I have like roommates that I'm living with. Like, <laughs> I have these these sweet mates that are all like basically young young men, <laughs> all doing their own thing, and it still hasn't hit me. It's like it's so weird that it's kind of like now you're living on your own, mm-hmm. but it's so cool because now I, I'm I'm really want to focus on like self improvement. I think more of like I mentioned earlier, I really want to start becoming like a man of my word and. I think when you start to like build bad habits where like you tell yourself a promise and then you don't keep it at like kind of your, your self-conscious is aware of that. And I think down the road, it just, when you keep doing that, mm. it's like almost like instinct where you don't follow through. So now I really want to start following through. I definitely want to, I guess, push myself, experience new things. I think that's most important right now. I think for college, yeah. but it, like I mentioned, there has to be this balance between like self-improvement, but also, experiencing things this is only four years and it sounds long but surprisingly the f- these last three months have been almost they've almost blown they, they've been like blowing by two months last two months and it's so weird it's like I feel like I just got here like last week <laughs> and I'm really seeing how time like time is really ticking but I realized when I started engage myself different activities I started doing jujitsu again yeah. finally got back into it first experience was a little rough so I took like a, a month break yeah I came back this week it's been awesome I think that definitely helped me a little bit tonight we're gonna we plan on going to a, a slaughterhouse oh wow yeah <laughs> like a little haunted house thing I think that's gonna be great so I think it's mostly taking advantage of this opportunity and like setting yourself up so you could kind of experience new things meet new people create new memories yeah. Yeah, that's what college is mostly about you really have to of course education but also <laughs> it's only four years and then you go out grown man absolutely and okay so a couple things I should point out just for people who are listening because I think this will air after Halloween it's just about Halloween so when you're going to this haunted house tonight that's why <laughs> there's a connection there um but I I agree completely one of my like things that I I learned so much from college that I didn't do and wished I would have was connect with the world, explore, experience things that you wouldn't have. So I'm so glad that you already know that, you know, two months in uh, that that's what it's about. And that's part of where your education will happen, not just inside the classroom, but so much will happen outside of it. Um, Okay, last question. And then I have like a fun lightning round for you. Um, So, you know, you obviously don't have to know what the future is. And I don't, I think throughout our lives, there's not this like one thing we grow up and we become or this like one career that should be your only destination. But what are your dreams for yourself going forward, whether they're professional dreams, personal dreams, anything? What do you envision for yourself? I personally want to be, I want to be an entrepreneur. One thing, like I said, I have to work on is really, because it's one thing to say, like, you want to be someone. And it's another that's really put into effort. And I, that's one, one thing I really want to start taking the time out because 
as an entrepreneur, like it's, I, I feel like it's not really something you could learn through textbooks. It's more so you really have to throw yourself out there and learn from life itself. So I think one thing I really want to start doing is taking like time, like I guess get a little more I guess financially literate. So I think that's one of my big goals, really. As I think about it, like down the road, it seems like really scary. Like after four years, where am I going to go? It sounds scary, but I think when I really put my head to it and take time to really see if this is something I'm passionate. Because if I'm not passionate, at least I know I, I try to get into it. I try to see like where where this kind of, I guess, uh, path could take me. So mm-hmm. I definitely want to at least expose myself to this possible career and see if this is something I would enjoy. And if not, I think, well, first I want to see, first I'm going to experience this and then I'll, and then I'll go from there. I think I should first, without jumping the gun, I definitely should first experience this before I start throwing out like 10 different ideas. <laughs> no, but I, I love that because you, you seem visionary and yet aware of the preparation. And yeah, being an entrepreneur is all about embracing uncertainty and yet finding the best ways to prepare and stay grounded through it. So I, I can see it. I'm, I'm excited to watch where, where life takes you. Um, oh, hey, are you, are you ready for our lightning round? I'm just gonna have a little fun now. Uh, got your game face on. <laughs> um, so these are just gonna be short, questions. Um, and I should say before this podcast, I was like, oh, do you have any questions for me? I was asking you like about the podcast and you're like cat or dog person. So, so we already, you gave me a bit of a lightning round already. So I'm going to toss it back at you. Um, my first question for you is what's the last TV show you binged and loved? Okay. It wasn't a TV show, okay. but I, I'll talk about this movie that I that I love. Well, actually I'm going to talk about two movies because yeah. I just watched this one recently. But if, if we're talking about cars, anyone who, who's a fan of cars, you have to watch Ferrari versus Ford. That movie, I don't know. I just love that. It's kind of like these classic cars. And I just love seeing, I don't know, for some reason, those cars look beautiful to me. Mm. And a more recent movie I watched was 007. James oh. Bond, no Time to Die. That movie was also really great. So I, th- I recommend those two movies for sure. Yeah, you mentioned James Bond before, so I can tell it's like in your mood, on your mind. Yeah. <laughs> My yeah. next question for you is your dream dinner guest. If you can have dinner with anyone, who would you have dinner with? I feel like maybe a comedian. Oh. I don't know. I, don't... <laughs> I think it would be good just to like, see like, I chose, I chose Kevin Hart. Okay, yeah. But that was kind of like in the moment. I don't know if that's like really who my dream like, <laughs> I, guesses, but like, I mean, I like think that would be fun for sure. I was thinking too, my like, you know, get a good laugh, you enjoy is, the if night. If you can travel anywhere so, in the world, where would you go? I want to go to, I'm trying to figure out where, you know, the, the safari. Hmm. I think I want to go to Safari and see maybe even like the Kilimanjaro mountain. Oh, wow. Go see the mountain, but also I want to see like the Safari kind of mood, see like the lions. Yeah. I want to see a lion up close. I want to see how they're like some pretty bad creatures, you know, Mm. and not bad, not in a bad way, like in a really like cool way. Like, (laughs) (laughs) no, that that was a, a great and adventurous answer. Um, what concert do you really want to go to? maybe oh concert 
this is kind of thing I think where many artists perform. That's like called I think rolling. I'm sorry, whoever's watch if I mess this up. <laughs> I think it's called the roll like rolling rat loud. <laughs> it's basically like this. If I'm not mistaken, it's a group of like artists that all come together mm-hmm. and they all perform. Because I wouldn't I wouldn't be sure if like who would be my like one, number one pick. Yeah. But I think that might even be better because I would get to experience like multiple artists come like come together. That's a creative answer. So first of all, I'm not cool enough to know what the correct answer is there for the rolling thing. But I, I, <laughs> I love that you said like this idea of this like group and you can experience all sorts of styles and people. Okay, my last question for you. Uh, Diana tells me that you're always smiling. So what makes you laugh? I'll, I'll say I don't, I don't, I'm not really sure where it, where it comes from. I feel like my mom, she always smiles. So it's possible I pick it up from her. I think just I think it was mostly growing up. I think everyone in my family was always like in this like happy mood. So I'm always seeing like like now when I when I'm like right now when I'm kind of flashing through memories, like everyone's always laughing. Like my mom, my grandma, grand grandma, my dogs. (laughs) (laughs) They can have their own personalities too, and it sounds like you've all cultivated this joy and sort of heart together, and I I love that. Um, I have to tell you. This was such a treat for me, Nikita, to get to talk with you. And I'm, like I said, I'm so grateful that you took the time to share and that you were willing to open up and uh, that we got to explore sort of all sides of things that have been heavy and hard and also this joy and this laughter and what's the head. Uh, so thanks for joining me. You'll have to come back. We'll have to check back in, in a few years and see how things are going and, and where your life has taken you. You think, can I give a little shout out? Of course. I wanted to give a, a great shout out to my mom. Mm. You know, I think I don't know how to I don't know how to express it to her personally, but I really am thankful for my mom because she she had to like raise me with. I feel like it must have been it must I know it was, it was tougher, but she doesn't really show it, which is why I think I'm always kind of smiling because <laughs> like mm. my mom was great at like kind of pushing through and not really put like letting me know what's going on and I have so much like love for her mm. I just don't know how to like put it into words so I'm just really I'm just really grateful that for everything she's done for me and I think I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna call her after the podcast see how she's Aww. doing <laughs> that makes yeah. me so happy to to know that I I'm so grateful that you you brought her up and I think it just speaks to who you are and, and the, the type of man that she raised and because we spent some time talking about your dad today, but that was not to exclude your mom who was present with you and raising you. And so, yeah, big shout out to Nikita's mom. Um, and my grandma, my whole family. <laughs> my grandma, she always be hooking me up. She's like, my, she's like my second mom. Uh. She's, they all, yeah, my grandma. I love her too. She always be getting me that food, anything I need. She always pick up the phone. Even at three o'clock, she's going to pick up the phone. And my, <laughs> I want to give a shout out to everyone in my family. But <laughs> my uncle, he great dude. Funny guy. <laughs> my aunt, she's serious business. <laughs> grandma, she like, all right, I'm sorry. I'm going <laughs> No, I'm glad that yeah. we're ending on this love fest note. It's beautiful. Shout out to Nikita's whole family. <laughs> and of course, the Osborne Association. We are so grateful for you too. I need to know everything, who in the what and the where I need everything. 
trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George, I hop in the Porsche, there's five and a horse, I'm ready for war, I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost, I need to know everything. Now you be surprised at the info you get is by letting them talk, so I'm letting them talk. Gotta keep quiet, maneuver in science, then let them in, talk up their body, another one body, that's just how it go. I got some secrets, I'm shaking the game so they stay on their toes. Stay in your lane, I'll stay on the go. I can to play with the pros and act like a rookie, so they overlook me. Then I double up again, none of their nose, none of them cold. They just got lucky but never adapted, so I'm to the one if it's coming to blows. My enemies cutting it close, I let them think that they got me, but what do you know? I had them beat before we ever spoke, I'm ready for smoke. I need to know everything, who in the what and the where I need everything Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me I'm curious, George, I hop in the Porsche, five and a horse I'm ready for war, I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost I need to know everything